0: Welcome to the What If podcast, where we rewrite sports past, present, and future. We're your hosts, Eddie, Jeet, Cameron, and Michael. Four lifelong friends, each with a unique perspective on sports. And find
1: out what if the U.S. men's national team in soccer had the same success or tried to replicate their success? compared to the U.S. Women's National Team. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the What If Sports Pod. We got another episode for you coming up pretty soon here, talking about the amazing successes of the U.S. Women's National Team, the number of World Cups they've won, and then talking about maybe not so much the successes of the men's national team, why there's a big divide between the two, and what if the men's national team actually was able to replicate the success and how they could achieve the same successes of the women's national team. We are talking that today, especially with all the World Cup qualifiers going on for the men's World Cup coming up this upcoming summer. So with that being said, we came up with the idea of the sporting events that we are most looking forward to either watching or maybe even catching in person or even ones that we've been you know watching over the last month or two with that being said lots of stuff is going on in the sports world so i'm going to be tossing over to that that it's going to be the eddie eddie what is
2: on your radar in the sports world what are you watching these days thanks michael appreciate it you know you all know that i'm a soccer guy
0: however i've been really interested in michigan state football they have been looking really good lately i think right now they are 4-0 and last weekend we had on paper it looked like an easy game against nebraska but it was actually a very close game our offense was not doing much but our defense really stepped up so went to overtime and we won i believe 23 to 20 on a field goal so yeah michigan state football is looking really good considering their poor year last year where they only won two games we've already doubled that so i've been really into michigan state football this year so i hope it's a sign of good things to come it would be really nice if we keep this up and maybe I know we'll get a good bowl game in, but um, if we can get like a Rose Bowl, shoot, that'd be nice. Heck, why not even a playoff appearance? I'm up for that as well. So yeah, Michigan State's looking
3: really good. The Big Ten's wide open, man. Ohio State is uh, vulnerable for sure. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Hoping for some more
3: Big Ten teams to tank. Michigan?
1: Man. Eddie, if Michigan State goes to the playoff, you need to go to that game, man. You need to buy a ticket because no offense to Michigan State, they're not a perennial contender for the playoffs. So is that fair to say? You promise that you'll go to the game?
3: Hey, they've made it to more playoff games than Michigan has, so. That's what I like to do.
1: There it nice. is. Gee, what's your rebuttal there, man?
3: Or Mizzou. I'll just throw that out there as well.
1: No needed. It wasn't needed for that, Cameron. Come on. Let's go to G. My rebuttal would be
4: I guess just asking how many championships each place has won. Because I generally don't know the answer for anyone. <laughs> but uh I'm assuming that Michigan's won quite a few. But to answer the question, I think Michigan football is looking pretty good as well. Haven't played a really strong team yet, but looking forward to that. But I think what I've been looking forward to most is soccer just watching the Champions League and I started doing this thing where when I watch games I just watch one player the entire game it's kind of fun because you see like I watched the Arsenal versus Tottenham game recently and I just watched Thomas Partey the entire game and it really gives you an appreciation for what each player does and like decisions they make and all the little things that they do more so that like things that i never noticed before so that kind of gets me excited to watch more games and just learn more about how players think
0: wow that makes me want to retract the shade i threw at michigan because you said some nice things about arsenal but uh no i appreciate that that is a cool thing to do watching one player i think i might want to try that i've never
4: tried that
3: who are some of your other players that you've watched jeep
4: so i watched the inter Milan i think they were playing Shakhtar Donetsk or some team of that ilk. and i watched Skrinyar the defender that guy is a tank like, i was very impressed i like i've never thought of this guy before i've never like really paid attention to him but then i just chose him to watch during the game and it's very fun to watch, like just bowling through people. So it gives you an appreciation for players that you didn't really think of or know much about.
3: Yeah, especially since so much of the coverage goes to like the attackers who score goals and stuff.
1: Yeah. So, gee, is it fair to say like during Michigan's next football game, you'll be watching like the left guard the whole game?
4: Yeah, that's what I'll do anyways with uh, football. I just watch the guards at all times, see what see what's good in the trenches. <laughs> Well said. Props to you, man.
1: <laughs> uh, moving forward, um, Cameron, I think on my end for you, I can imagine a certain team that you've been watching quite a bit of. But Eddie, you mentioned Nebraska for Michigan State. Looks like Nebraska also has Michigan on their schedule. Did you catch a Nebraska-Oklahoma game, Cameron? And what other games, what other sports have you been keeping an eye on?
3: Yeah, I did. I've watched all the OU games, and they are absolutely terrifying to watch. Uh, not because they score a lot of points or do anything well, because they make every game really close, and I don't like it. So we're recording this the 29th. We're going to the ou Kansas State game in Manhattan this weekend. Obviously, you're going to be watching that. But the other football team that me and my wife will follow is Arkansas, and they are way more exciting than OU is right now. They're having a great season, so they played Georgia this weekend. That is going to be crazy. But obviously, this is going to come out way after that game happens, so we will see what happens this weekend. But fall is my favorite time of the year. You know, college football and NFL season in full swing. The Rams are a blast to watch. I love Matthew Stafford as the Rams quarterback. And then obviously the Major League Baseball playoffs, I'm not a huge, I don't watch a ton during the season, but this is around the time when I really start tuning in and we're coming off as of today, the winning streak is at 17 for the Cardinals. And it has been a lot of fun to follow along with that. And then obviously NBA and Blues starting up. So yeah, it's a, it's a great time of the year, man. It's my favorite.
1: That's right. That's right. Lots of stuff going on. Cameron. I mean, also keeping up with the Cardinals, if you had a guess, if at all, when does the Cardinals winning streak end?
3: I have to guess that it's probably going to be like either today or tomorrow when we're recording this in the Brewers series, I think, because they clinched their spot. And so I imagine they're going to play some of the bench players a little bit more, especially against the Brewers, which is a tough team. I wonder if they can hold on to that winning streak. So and then it's always hard to win, even if they carried it into the playoffs. I mean, you had to beat Max Scherzer and then a bunch of other studs in the playoffs, so.
1: 100%, 100%. Yeah, and I still have a prediction to see when the Cardinals, if they lose, when that will be. So good stuff. To follow the trend of the college football, I have been watching a lot more Mizzou football. Perhaps they shouldn't, though, because they're not doing particularly well. Really exciting yeah. coach. Lots of good stuff on the recruiting front. They've lost two heartbreakers. They lost, I think, on like a literally a last second interception overtime to Boston College this weekend. They had went to Boston to play. So that was kind of cool. Two weeks earlier, they lost to Kentucky at Kentucky in, I think, like one of the last plays of the game or something like that. So they could very easily be 4 0. they're two and two and the schedule hasn't been too tough yet so sec you know it's tough so it'll be tough to get six wins maybe seven but other than that yeah swansea city soccer that's my team not going particularly well either so i'm just watching premier league i'm a neutral so watching all the games saturday morning that are free that i can tune into other than that nba starting up soon so looking forward to that in addition to uh, college basketball. I love college basketball, so.
3: Yeah, we're actually, we're going to three Arkansas games coming up. There's a tournament in Kansas City with Illinois, Kansas State, I think, in another team in Arkansas. And so they're playing like a little tournament here in Kansas City. So we're going to those games in November. And then we're going to, believe it or not, Arkansas versus Oklahoma. They're playing in Tulsa, so because he watched both of my favorite teams play. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you guys watch golf at all during the summer?
2: A little bit.
3: A little bit, Eddie? Well, this event called the Ryder Cup just happened. It's easily my favorite golf event. So if you're ever going to watch a golf event, I recommend watching the Ryder Cup, and it's the United States players, and they play against the European players. And so they do what's called match play and the different forms of match play. And so it's different than any other golf event because any other golf event, basically it's you versus everybody, right? You're just trying to place as high as you can go. But in the Ryder Cup, you're going head to head versus somebody. And so this year it was played in the United States. So the crowd was obviously favored towards the American players. So if the Europeans hit a bad shot, All the Americans would go crazy. They'd be cheering and stuff. And you never see that at any other golf event ever. So the crowd is really fun. Americans whooped Europeans' butt this year. So that was great. It happened last weekend. But if you don't watch golf because you think it's boring, watch the Ryder Cup.
2: It is a great time. Add it to the list. Add it to the queue. Thank you, Cameron. So without further ado, we'll dive
1: into the episode. Lots of sports going on. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Make sure to like, subscribe the What If Podcast on socials, Instagram, of course. And make sure to tell your friends about it. It's a good one. Let's dive on in. I've always been fascinated by like the success of the women's national team and kind of comparing it to the men's national team and like were they both different success, why that is, and kind of the status of both moving forward. Just to give a little context in regards to men's World Cups, there have been 21 total. It began in 1930 and it has happened every four years, excluding two times during World War II in 42 and 46, which there was no World Cup. So it makes sense, we've had a lot. And to provide a little context as well in regards to winners, we've had eight different countries win the tournament and 21 overall tournaments. Brazil, of course, number one with five total. Germany, number four, Italy, number four. And then as you see, some other teams that have won it twice or one time. Now, diving into the women's side of things, there have only been eight total World Cups. It began in 1991. And we may know this, but there have been four different countries in the eight different tournaments that have actually won the Women's World Cup. Norway has won it once, as has Japan. Germany has won it twice, but the U.S. women's national team has won it four times, or half of the World Cups. So they have been basically the best team by far, and they've also reached a final. They were runners-up. And can you guess how many tournaments the women's national team have taken part in and how many World Cups the men's national team has taken part in?
3: I bet the women have been in all eight, United States. And I'd have to guess America is probably like
2: 10 or 15.
0: I think the men have been in seven.
2: I think the men have been in 18.
1: We got a lot of different answers. So one of you are correct, at least the number did come up. The men's national team has only participated in 10 total World Cups, which I thought, having only been in 10 of them, I thought it would have been like 15 to 20. But they've only participated in 10, and for basically 40 years, they were not part of the tournament. That's probably what I found most surprising, the fact that they didn't qualify from after the 50 World Cup all the way to the 1990 World Cup. Wow it's been a very long time since the best finish for the men's national team. 1930, the very first World Cup, they went all the way to the semifinals. There wasn't even a third place match, I don't think. Yugoslavia, just for context, also finished joint third. That just speaks to how long ago it was. And then 2002, the quarterfinals. So the questions I came up with were, the U.S. women's national team has won four of the eight World Cups, literally half of them, They've also reached a final another time. So, five out of eight, they've at least reached a final. The US men's national team, in comparison, won semifinal appearance nearly 100 years ago. And the best other performance was a quarterfinal appearance. Why is there such a discrepancy between the women's national team and the men's national team? How do we think moving forward this trajectory is going to change? Are both teams gonna continue on with success, get worse, get better? More of a general question, which I'm really curious about is, is soccer going to become even more of a popular sport in the Americas and are more youth gonna be playing the sport? Also kind of taking into another direction, how important are domestic leagues in the US for international success?
2: A lot to dive into here, what are you guys' thoughts?
3: I'm gonna have to say that the difference between the women's and men's is I guess the volume of players that they get playing each sport because on the men's side you have countless sports that are huge in America you have the big four being baseball basketball football hockey and then I would argue that soccer is probably fifth on that list maybe like golf or something being up there as well. But it's not the priority of most kids whenever they're going through high school playing sports and, you know, colleges and everything. So, that's on the men's side. On the women's side, you don't really have that as much. You have like softball and I would say basketball is probably the
2: other big professional sport. There's no I don't think there's a professional softball league. But it's a, it's a big college sport. But the United States traditionally has had the best athletes in the world,
3: like one of the best countries in that aspect. I mean, you look at the Olympics every year, we're always in the top, you know, two or three in the number of medals that we have. But on the men's side, none of those best athletes in the world are ever playing soccer. And in other countries, all of the best athletes in those countries are playing soccer on the men's side. And that's just not the case for the women. The women, the best athletes in the world for the women are picking between two or three sports traditionally.
2: So I would attribute that to being, you know, the success between the two.
4: I agree. I haven't thought about it that much, but that sounds like a reasonable conclusion as to why there is that difference between the genders in success, that women are shuttled more towards soccer than men are.
3: Yeah, I mean, can you mm-hmm. imagine like LeBron James playing center forward or something? Like, that <laughs> you could not stop that dude if he wanted to go get a header or something.
1: Yeah. Do we think it's changing or it's going to change that more? Boys, as they're growing up, like soccer is going to be more of the primary sport. And I'm also curious, like, Cameron, you mentioned soccer is probably like the fifth or sixth sport in the Americas in regards to interest but like I'm also curious on like youth hockey participation and you know what how that compares to soccer because I feel like soccer would trump hockey participation a great deal but in the American psyche on top four sports hockey would probably be ranked higher than soccer I'm curious as to why that is if there's a discrepancy in participation at the youth level <laughs> yeah we were looking at Caitlin asked me. We
3: were watching the Blues game, and Caitlin asked me, "Who on this team is from the United States?" And I went down the list, and there was like two guys. One of them was one of their better players, but the other two were, you know, more their fourth line, like don't really get a lot of minutes guys. (laughs) And it's just like two guys out of thirty that are from America, and you could probably say that for almost every team in the National Hockey League. I mean, every Olympics too, Canada just dominates. So all those guys are from Canada and Sweden and Russia and Finland and stuff. That is an interesting point that you bring that up. That hockey has, is one of the top four. Granted, they are the fourth out of the top four. Um, they're not that high, but still being considered a top four, whereas most of the MLS players are American. Well,
2: actually, I don't know the stats on that, but a larger majority of that very true very true
4: yeah it makes me think of the cte conversation as well like how much of a role is that going to play in shifting kids more to soccer like the dangers of football and hockey i feel like basketball is always going to be king in america especially with kids like the first sport i think most american kids think of when they want to play with their friends even us the sport we play most with each other is basketball Right? Like we didn't even play soccer together that much. Anytime we would go to someone's house, we'd end up playing basketball. Yeah. So I feel like in America, basketball is always gonna be number one. And I think soccer has potential to be number two over many generations.
3: Yeah. Yeah, baseball is definitely slipping down as well,
2: I would say, in the American eye. But it's weird to me though, because think about when you were a kid. I mean,
3: what was the number one sport that all kids, when they're five years old, what do they play? Like, it has to be soccer. Like, yeah. no, no doubt in my mind is the number one from five to 10 years old sport is soccer. Maybe t-ball. Like, football is, I would say, a little bit more popular when you get into, like, middle school and obviously high school. But kids growing up, The first sport they play is traditionally soccer. So it's weird to think that that doesn't continue. I might be completely wrong, but for me, like from what I've seen, that's always the number one sport when it says,
2: Oh, we're putting our kid in a sport. And you say, What sport is it? And it's, Oh, he's joining a soccer team. I agree, Cameron. To me,
1: it's like that's what every young kid plays it's soccer. So I think it's going to change even further, like moving forward, like how high of a quality we can get with the men's national team. I mean, the women's national team has proven they're already at the top. And I don't foresee that slowing down any further. And it kind of contextualizes everything. I mean, the fact that for 40 years, not just a World Cup cycle, but literally 10, the U.S. men's national team did not qualify at all. And this is coming from the success of beating England in the men's World Cup back in the forties or fifties. And I think like there was a huge St. Louis contingent, just a super random tangent, but like how for 40 years, nothing happens. And I think we're very critical for the U.S. not making the men's world cup in 2018. But the fact of the matter is all things considered, they've been pretty successful since 1990. They've qualified for every world cup, except for one. Granted the competition that they have to qualify against not great. But I think for the trajectory with that in the men's national team, I think things are looking really good, especially now with the players coming up.
2: I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on it at all?
0: I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I want to address the idea about, like, how every kid plays soccer growing up. So I don't, I don't think every kid plays soccer when they're introduced to a sport. And it also depends on like where you come from in terms of like socioeconomic background. Because soccer can be kind of an expensive sport to play. When I was at Vachon as a college advisor, soccer was not a popular sport. Like they would struggle to have a full team. Like Vashon is known as like a football, basketball type of school. So these are kids who grew up like they were introduced to basketball and football at a very young age. And soccer was something that they could do to prepare for like basketball or something or track. But I think to address one of these questions, will, will soccer become a more popular sport amongst American youth to play? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think one thing that is noticeable about like the men's team, like if you compare like the men's team to other dominant like national teams across the world, like a France or like a Spain. I think with the with the men's team, and this kind of goes off of my point of how like soccer is kind of expensive because a lot of the players that comprise the men's national team, a lot of them you know, they had the resources to be, like, I'd say most of them come from like middle class or upper middle class families. And when you hear about like these other teams across the board, like France, for example, yes, they have a lot of African descent players. And I'm sure a lot of them have come from low income backgrounds. So I think the U.S. maybe needs to do a better job of sort of identifying talent across the board. You know, instead of just garnering talent that come from like middle, upper middle income families.
3: Getting talent that can afford to pay for.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) To
2: go to the camps and stuff, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So I think if the U.S. could do that, like the men's team, I think there could be a potential where they could make another semifinal.
1: I second that 100%. Like the club system is not very cheap to play in. And that's how you get recognized. I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate that middle class, upper middle class families are most likely to play soccer, especially more at the advanced levels. Because you see a lot of other potential soccer players just move to other sports or they just can't afford to continue playing in the club system, which is the most competitive. And it's a
2: shame. I wonder a few things. One is, I think- you go, Cameron. No, you're, you're halfway through it, man. Go <laughs> ahead, you-
4: <laughs> <laughs> One thing I wonder is, I feel like when young kids play soccer in some place like Spain or Germany, they have dedicated academies where those kids live and they're taught school, but it's like the Bayern Munich Academy is a school, you know? Whereas kids in America, you go to Ladou and then soccer is an extracurricular activity. Like it's not the main priority of your existence. Which I wonder, I don't really know how much the academy setup is in Europe, but I feel like if you're going to be a soccer player and a really good one, you're identified at the age of like seven or eight. Whereas here, you might not make soccer priority until college, if that.
2: I would argue that we have that system a lot with basketball. I don't know
3: about football as much, but there's definitely like academies for basketball
2: that kids have gone
3: to.
0: Is that AU basketball? Is that what that is?
2: No, there's, I mean, there's like, I'm trying to think of a player that I know that went to one of those. I mean, I'm thinking
1: like Oak Hill. Is that an academy?
3: That sounds like one. I, I think that is one. I don't know. There, there's a lot of them in New York and Florida and Texas and stuff. There's certain places that have like basketball
2: academies that they go to like their senior year and they'll go to school there. So, yeah, that's an interesting question, Jeep. But I, that would also fall into the same talking point that Eddie had, though, being there's
3: not, well, there's a decent amount of families that could afford it, but you're not getting those kids
2: from lower demographic areas into those academies. Yeah. I wonder from the woman's side,
4: Michael, you probably know more about this from the Brazilian perspective, but I feel like one of the reasons why America is so much better on the women's side is because there's more gender equality here than in a lot of the football and powerhouses. Like is that true of Brazil? Like the like women aren't allowed to even play soccer. Whereas here, oftentimes that's the only thing that they can play. I wonder if that's a factor in our success.
1: Yeah. I've come across that before. I don't know, you know, a concrete answer, but it has come up before in that you would obviously think that Brazil, like, such a passion for soccer, you know, the women's national team would be doing better. I think they made one World Cup final, the women's team. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, you have to dive further into it and kind of look at that divide between the men and the women and, like, how much of access or the ability for them to play is, and I think it's just, it's a shame because, you know, you look at. the countries that have won a Women's World Cup. I need to look more into it, but you could probably argue that gender equality within these four countries, it's pretty good. But when you look at Brazil, I think there's still a huge discrepancy between when a woman chooses to play professional soccer and how much support is given towards that. I think that is a huge deterrent for, say, the Brazilian national team or really probably the vast majority of countries in the world from being able to go even further With the women's game
2: it's interesting that you say
3: that it's pretty good here yeah it's still not great but it's better than the other countries
4: right after the woman sued the federation (laughs) for not being paid as much
2: yeah very true very true it's all relative i suppose i wonder how much to add another question how much the women winning the world cup
3: had to do with the men's success because the women came out the gate and they won right in 1991 and that's when the United States men started making it back into everything
2: you know so I I wonder if I wonder if the women's success has helped men's soccer Mm. yeah
0: sorry I'm not answering your question Cameron that's I have no answer (laughs) But, but another question is with regards to like the domestic leagues like how important are domestic leagues to like international success? If you think of the women's team, the domestic league is terrible. Most of them play overseas in like England and like, there's like the Liverpool and the Arsenal and the PSG and the man city of Barcelona, Lyon. Like those are all really good teams, but here in the States, it's not really a desirable place to play. Although March is here, like that's a huge compliment, but.
3: Well, most of them. A good chunk of the Americans play here in America? I
0: would say so. I thought,
3: like, Rapino and... I didn't get that. Could you try again? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of some of the other players that might play here. Yeah,
0: um, Rapinoe does. Kristen Press does. Yeah. Uh, who's the goalie? Ashlyn Harris, I think her name is. Alex Morgan. Sydney LaRua. I don't know if she still plays for the national team, but yeah. Becky Sauerbrunn, I think, plays here.
3: Pride of Ladue, Becky Sauerbrun.
0: Yes, yes. So, yeah, I mean, hmm.
3: I think domestic league does help, though. I mean, you can put the Premier League all you want on American TV, but until you see American players playing at that level, I don't – like Pulisic, I imagined being on TV all the time, probably helps us playing in Europe. So if you can get, like, quality players from America on TV, I don't know if that's domestically or if they can just have really good domestic players playing on national TV.
2: That would probably help some. But, you know, here in the MLS, if you don't have the best players from America, like
3: you have other players like your Carlos Vela, your American population as a whole probably isn't going to buy into that as much as, you know, like an American seeing a LeBron James
2: or Zion Williamson or, you know, something like that. Someone then that they can see themselves, you know, connecting with that person. Yeah. The women's league is also, they
4: folded like a few years back, didn't they? And then they they made a new league. I feel like that's happened like three times in the past 20 years.
3: I remember when we were little, St. Louis had a really good team. Like they won like almost every year. And then they folded, I think, or maybe the league folded or something. But it was weird because they were like, they'd win every year. And then all of
2: a sudden they were just gone. And how can a team that wins every year just not make it? Yeah. It's weird that we're good at it
4: even though we're is so bad or at least so like under I guess underfunded and underappreciated. yeah
1: I guess my hope for soccer in general not just the leagues but I think I hope academies I know the whole structure would have to change but the fact of the matter is you know the way it's set up it is, it's not conducive to like really get youth involved in soccer and develop them So that's why we see like so many young Americans going to Germany, in which their development, you know, is just vastly improved compared to here. So I think the fact that more of them are doing that for the men's side, it's really exciting because I feel like there's a lot of potential for the men's team to progress even further. But I feel like between the women's national team and the men's, there's so many different factors involved. And it was kind of interesting diving into that, doing research on this.
4: Man, this is like a future what if. I like it.
2: The men's soccer team feels like the Cleveland
3: Browns of soccer. Like new head coach every year, new GM every year, whatever the equivalent of that is, or head of operations. Like they just turn over so much. It's like how can you get any continuity and build any sort of a system? Of course, you have to get the right person in there first. And I don't know how much
2: they've done that either.
1: Yeah. I think, Cameron, you also mentioned, like, how much success, like, the women's team played on the men's team. I know the 94 World Cup took place in the United States. I can't really speak for the 40 years between 1950 and 90 in which not a single World Cup was qualified for the men's team. I think having, like, homegrown, you know, tournaments and having in your own backyard played quite a role, too. And who knows if that plays a role in 2026 when it comes back stateside, but.
4: At least we won't have to qualify for it.
2: That's true. God, we won't have to lose to Jamaica again.
4: (laughs) Nah. It does feel like we have a lot more young talent these days than we ever have in the past. Like people like Pulisic going to Germany and becoming really good. Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney. Josh Sargent. I feel like there's a lot more young talent that's being grown elsewhere that's American than ever in the past.
2: I feel that way also. There's hope. There's hoping that the women domestic league becomes more popular too.
4: Yeah. I feel like that's the story with every women's sports league in America. Like none of them get appreciated much.
2: Yeah. That gets lost in their success With them in the World Cup is that they
3: just don't get any support. Like, we get, they get a ton of domestic support when they're in the World Cup, but outside of it, it's like I couldn't even name a single women's soccer team. I have no idea what their names are. And that could go for basketball too. I probably
2: could name like three off the top of my head.
4: I blame the media.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Me and Caitlin have been watching a lot of the women's basketball
3: whenever it's on because it, it only comes it doesn't come on very often but whenever it has been like and we've been sitting down we'll flip it on and those are fun games to watch too
2: there's some good young women basketball players so here's the hoping well I suppose that wraps up my presentation today thank you fellas thank you Yeah. good question Michael good topic yeah that's a good one
0: Thanks for listening to the What If Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Stay tuned as we continue to reimagine the world of sports.
3: A good chunk of the Americans play here in America. I would say so. I thought like Rapino and... I didn't get
2: that. Could
4: you try again? <laughs> um I wonder a few things. One is I think, You go, Cabrin. Okay,
2: right? No, you're you're halfway through it, man. Go ahead. <laughs> G- <laughs> <laughs>